Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. All right. Hey, hey, this is another episode of the Sing Second Sports Podcast. I am John Schofield, the host. Joining me, co-host Ward Carroll, class of 82, our producer, Chris Cervello, class of 99, and our special guest from the Naples Capital Gazette, Bill Wagner. It's football season. It's Marshall Game Week on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Uh, the Mids will be, we'll be taking on Marshall at 3.30 at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. We've got a great week of coverage coming to you. On Friday, we're going to have a Sync Second Sports Happy Hour from one of our sponsors, Dry 5 on Main Street in Annapolis. Please come out and join us. Say hello. We'll even have some swag available for you. And then on Saturday, we'll obviously be at the game and, uh, and you know, bring you some updates from there. And, and we'll get the season kicked off at the end of this pod. We'll tell you what we're kind of looking for in terms of an overall season preview. But for now... I know that the number one thing on everyone's minds out there who listens to this podcast, Ward Carroll, have you received your sideline gear yet? Yes. If you followed me on Twitter out there, you would know this because the reveal always happens on Twitter. It's all about the shoes. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, we got it um, about a week ago. Um, The gear is looking real good. I, and I do follow you on Twitter. I'm one of your loyal followers, as you know. I mean, how else would I know about? The no, of course, I wasn't talking to you. Diving? I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I, I was talking to the people. <laughs> For those who didn't see it on Twitter, describe the gear. I mean, is it like kind of next level or, you know, kind of same old, same old, uh, like derivatives of old designs? Uh, what makes it cool? And what color are the shoes? So the shoes are blue with white heels. So last year was kind of bulky you know those shoes were um kind of like boats they were super comfortable and super sturdy and they had navy on the heel these in in fact that was noticed by a few of the teams on the other side were like why are you guys wearing navy shoes as the line guys you know as a chain gang um so during the game we'll the only navy gear we're going to have on is the shoes everything else is aac stuff right aac smock aac polo ace ref pants ac hats we've had our meetings with the refs very excited for the season opener i'll be on the home sideline once again holding the down box and so i'll be uh, among coach Nimatololo at all once again and i'm uh, excited to uh, to be on that sideline once again that's a reminder for our listeners and those who are attending the game uh, that if you are outside and you are vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're unvaccinated, you're asked to wear a mask. And then everyone, if you're at any indoor part of Navy Marine Corps Stadium, suites, bathrooms, things of that nature, 
uh, going up to the press box, you have to wear a mask. If you forget your mask, look for the Sing Second Sports team on Saturday. We'll be running around the blue side with Sing Second Sports masks. Not only can you be safe, but you can look good while doing it. So before we get to our interview with Matt Nosita of the men's soccer team, he of the six foot and eight inches of incredible height at a center back position, um, we are going to go to break. Uh, we'd like to remind everyone, number one, this podcast could not be possible without the support and sponsorship of great people like Brian and Lisa Bolter at Dry 5 like the Naptown Scoop and the Montana 3000 podcast. Hey, John, before we go to break, I want to mention to the Navy fans that are in uh, town for the football game, may want to go by Wesley Brown Fieldhouse and support the volleyball team. They're hosting the Kristen Dickman Invitational, Memorial Invitational. This uh, tournament was founded in honor of a former Navy volleyball player named Kristen Dickman, who died in Bancroft Hall in the spring of 2008. And uh, Navy is bringing in some real powerhouses to play in the tournament. Michigan, which is ranked 23rd nationally, will be here and play Navy on Friday night at 7.30. And then Navy will host West Virginia on Saturday night. So if you're in town uh, for the football game or other reasons, go support the Navy volleyball team out at Wesley Brown Fieldhouse. Uh, Navy's been pretty good under Paco Labrador, the fourth-year head coach. All right, great. Well, um, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk to Matt Nosita. And after Matt Nosita, a great conversation with Coach Niamat. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsor, The Naptown Scoop. Local news with a personality. The Naptown Scoop is our go-to resource for events, music, and more. Follow The Naptown Scoop on Instagram at Naptown Scoop, N-A-P-T-O-W-N-S-C-O-O-P. And subscribe to receive the Scoop newsletter at www.naptownscoop.com. Thank you to the Naptown Scoop for being a fantastic supporter of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, joining us right now as part of our series to highlight uh, all the sports starting up here in the fall is a uh, big six foot, eight inch center back, Matt Nosita. Uh, Matt Nosita obviously making things happen definitely in the first two games of the season. Without any further ado, I'd, I'd like to get to the interview. So, Wags, take it away. Thanks, John. Hey, Matt, uh, we talked to Coach O'Donohue and, uh, for the last podcast, and he mentioned about last year the COVID just really put totally just put it into the season into disarray, and it just wasn't that you didn't get into the rhythm you needed. You, you were off for a month, guys were unavailable. Can you talk about having that behind you and being able to focus on a full season, you know, a full slate of games, bang, 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 you know, one or two a week like you normally do? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure this is kind of the standard around the country, but last season was definitely, you know, a little bit difficult in a lot of ways, you know, not necessarily knowing when our next game is going to be, if it's going to be canceled, if guys on the team are going to be missing. So, uh, Definitely happy to put that behind us. But, you know, at the same time, it did teach us a lot. We're taking some of those lessons, you know, some of those lessons on resiliency into this season. Knowing that we do have, you know, a full slate of games, like you mentioned, is is, is really exciting for a lot of us, especially for the, the sophomores who, you know, their freshman season was not what they expected. So this is a great time for them to get fans in the stadium, 
this is a great time for them to get those away trips in you know, the hotel, you know, stuff that we all, you know, really enjoy about a full season. So we're really looking forward to it. So I think uh, those of us who follow the program know what talent is on the roster. You're only picked fourth in the preseason Patriot League poll, but I think you have the talent to win a Patriot League championship as a senior. Can you talk about what it would mean for you to walk away with a championship that you've long coveted? Yeah, um, we try not to read too deep into those preseason rankings. We know that uh, we definitely have the talent on this team to beat any team in the Patriot League on any given day. And uh, yeah, as a senior, you know, we've, we've made it to the playoffs two years now, and I'm, I'm really, really wanting to get that championship. I'm sure that goes for anyone on any team. They really, you know, the Patriot League, we're a competitive league, and we do want to win. But at the same time, I'm not trying to be so narrow-minded that I, f- I forget about the next match, you know. Uh, I like to take my training sessions and my matches sort of day by day. And at the end of the day, you're only as good as your last match. So it's important for me to, you know, stay focused on the present and uh, hopefully that all culminates in the championship. But trying to stay, you know, focused on, on the now. So there's much talk about your height. You're six foot seven. Um, you know, it's rather rare for soccer players to be that tall. Um, and some people think it can be advantage, disadvantage. How do you make sure it's an advantage and make sure it's not a disadvantage? One of the one of the things I get most often whenever I'm just out in public, you know, what sport do you play? And everyone thinks basketball. So I'm definitely I definitely stick out like a sore thumb on the soccer field. But uh, I love it. I mean, I could have been, you know, average in another sport i'm happy to be you know uh, unique and you know more deadly for that reason in soccer so being being my height is great for the obvious reasons you think set pieces you think corner kicks free kicks all those sorts of things i'm definitely you know a prime target on those just because of my height but uh also you know it gives me some other advantages like my my stride is pretty long i'm pretty quick i move around pretty good for my height so i think a lot of people sometimes under underestimate me a little bit when it comes to you know, how quick I can be, you know, off the ball and stuff. So that's been good. And when it comes to not being at a disadvantage, honestly, I, I've played soccer since I was such a little kid that, you know, I've kind of, my as my body has, like, I've like grown into my body, like I've been growing with soccer. So it's been kind of a natural transition. Uh, I feel really comfortable when I'm out there. It's honestly where I feel most comfortable. So you've been compared quite a bit. In fact, Coach OD even used the name Joseph Greenspan because he was another tall, long defender, and he obviously was very, very successful. Have you gone back and watched tape of Joseph Greenspan uh, just to see what kind of player he was and how he operated? So, yeah, I've actually – I've had the pleasure of watching some of his clips from back in the day. He also came on and, and spoke with the team, uh, I think, about a year and a half ago. So, you know, I picked his brain in that regard. But, uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of the times some of the awards I've, I've been, you know, blessed enough to win – you know, it's cool to see his name there, too. And, you know, kind of having that Navy legacy of, you know, strong center backs in the Patriot League is something I, I hope to uh, I hope to aspire, you know, to that level. And hopefully, and I think we do have a lot of talent in this freshman class and the sophomore class to sort of continue that legacy of, you know, strong center backs in the Patriot League. So Coach O.D. mentioned something about you uh, during the offseason playing for a team coached by the legendary Bob Bradley, who was once the United States national team coach for quite some time. Uh, can you tell us about that? It sounds like a great experience if you're working with a man of that stature. What was the team? What were you doing? And what did you learn and gain from it? This past summer, I had the, the absolute pleasure of going and playing with uh, Los Angeles Football Club or LAFC, as they're more commonly known. And uh, it's cool for me. I'm a kid from Los Angeles. So, you know, 
I grew up playing or watching Los Angeles Galaxy and, you know, LAFC is a rather new team. 2018, I believe this was their inaugural season in Los Angeles. So it was cool to get back there, you know, my hometown and, and play, like what you said, with, with Coach uh, with Coach Bob. He was just a tremendous pleasure, you know, helped me out a lot. And that experience was unreal. I mean, I, I got to play alongside some players that I grew up watching on TV. It was kind of like a weird full circle type of thing where I'm like, wow, like I'm in the locker room with this guy, you know, putting on my boots, going out to the training session and like, he's giving me tips. He, he's helping me like this guy that I grew up watching on TV. Like I felt that, especially with one of their, their star strikers, Carlos Vela, who was, you know, super, super supportive of me, uh, supportive of me the entire time out there. And uh, yeah, I was a little, you know, you walk in the locker room that first day and you're a little starstruck, but then you kind of see that they're all people too. And I learned a lot about, you know, the business side of soccer. I, you know, got me out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways. And, and all of those experiences were, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change what I did, you know, for the world. That was like an awesome experience for me. Well, so kind of following on that note, um, Joseph Greenspan got an opportunity to play professional soccer. I mean, right now there is a pathway to do that. Uh, we think, <laughs> um, but I mean, if somehow, some way at some point you were able to play professional soccer, is that something that you would like to pursue? That's, that's a great question. And one that I've, you know, I've gone back and forth with, with my parents on this, you know, I've, I've talked with my roommates, coaches and stuff. Uh, it's definitely looking like there's an opportunity for me to pursue that path if, if it comes to that. But, uh, you know, I don't want to say I'm going to do one thing and then, you know, change my mind because I, I came to the Naval Academy in a lot of ways, you know, to serve my country. I didn't come here necessarily to pursue a professional career. It, it's great that that door has been opened as a result of, you know, my career thus far. But at the end of the day, like, it's an it's a decision that I'm really going to have to sit down and, and decide what's best for me. I don't want to pursue something that, uh, you know, also disregards the past, you know, three years I've put in at, at the Naval Academy and, and the position that, you know, and the privilege it really is to go here and, and to serve this country. So it's definitely something I have to sit down and think about more. But Nothing's off the table. So before I send it back to John Schofield, our host, for maybe a couple more questions, what is your service assignment? What, what are you slated to do or you, have you not received it? Or I guess you wouldn't have received it yet. Yeah, so we're getting in the getting ready in the next couple of weeks to put in our preferences. And uh, right now I'm definitely going to put uh, Marine ground. So I want to be a United States Marine more than anything right now. So uh, that's what I'm going to be putting number one and, you know, Hopefully that's that all works out come around Thanksgiving when we when we hear back. You're back. Reform is complete. You're in the hall. Walk us through what the dynamic is like in there now, especially considering how last year was so different and so weird. You had people living at their sponsors houses. What's the hall like right now? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. It's definitely a more lively place. I mean, last year, I think everyone kind of went through a bit of a slump where you know, it was tough to put a smile on your face in the morning. You know, everyone's got their uh, something to deal with with COVID or another. And uh, like you said, people living off the yard, you know, there's a lot of, of classmates that I, I honestly didn't see much of at all last semester. So it's good to have everyone back. It, it's really nice, especially to have everyone eating in King Hall. That's something that, you know, that's kind of like the heart of the brigade when we all gather for, you know, for food three times a day. And uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been a, it's been a great boost to morale. I have to ask if you've had any interaction with Tatum Kelly uh, to share some words of wisdom about what it's like to be a very tall athletic center back. Um, have you had the opportunity to uh, have you had the opportunity to uh, interface with her at all and, and help her out 
uh, she's starting her career uh, centering the defense for a uh, Naval Academy soccer team. No, I haven't, but that I definitely should though. That'd be, that'd be great to impart some of the knowledge I've, I've acquired over the past three years. I mean, being a tall center back, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely a unique breed, especially at my height. That is. Speaking of tall soccer players, you know, I made the comparison with Coach O'Donohue to Peter Crouch. Um, you know, another tall soccer player from from days of old. I'm a huge Manchester United fan, so I'm a big fan of uh, of um, Harry Maguire. I'm actually ironically driving past Karen Gabera right now. Hello, Coach Gabera. <laughs> Um, but hey, so who do you model your game after and who's your favorite uh, soccer team? Uh, that's a great question. M- modeling my game after, that's a tough one because, you know, I like to think I, I, I bring, you know, a lot of different styles to the table. I, I, I'm a tall guy, like you said. So, you know, most people would assume I'm kind of clunky on the field, kind of running around and bumping into people. But I like to think I, I bring a fair bit of, of like finesse to the position too, which is actually kind of unique for center backs. So I'm not sure if there's a great comparison. I mean, I would love to say I play like Virgil van Dyke because he's like the best center back in the world. You know, at least before. Oh, come on. You can't yeah, drop apologize. a Liverpool reference to me. Come on. I, I was, I was anticipating that, but uh, as far as favorite team, you're also probably not going to like me for this, but uh, I'm definitely a Chelsea guy and there's a reason for this. Uh, so when I played soccer, when I was like five years old, like at my local AYSO, like rec league, I made the all-star team. And we were Chelsea. That was what we all decided to be our, our all-star team name. So I've had to be a fan after that, right? That's what I tell myself, at least. And then the Champions League is just the cherry on top. So thank you so much for uh, joining the Sing Second Sports Podcast. We wish you luck. Thanks, sir. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Matt Nosita of the men's soccer team. So happy for him to join us and round out our, uh, our coverage for this week. We are going to go to break when we come back. A great conversation with Coach Niema. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. This week's episode of Sing Second Sports is brought to you by our sponsors at Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 in downtown Annapolis. Coming to town for a football game? Is it your class reunion? Or just looking for a place to chill on a Friday or Saturday night? Red Red Wine Bar and Dry 85 are staples in the Annapolis Main Street scene. Whether you're in the mood for a good Cabernet at the wine bar or an old fashioned and a Dry 85 burger, Both locations will take care of you. Special thank you to Brian and Lisa Bolter, the owners of both establishments, for being fantastic supporters of the Sing Second Sports podcast. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, we are back. As this is Marshall Game Week, um, we are so happy to be joined by uh, Coach Ken Niamatololo as we get ready for the kickoff against the Thundering Herd, 3.30 p.m. on Saturday at Neiman Marine Corps Stadium. So, Coach, number one, thank you so much for joining us. You were such a great part of the podcast last season. And as we are about to embark on a new season that includes fans in the stands and a whole new team and going through a camp not yeah, not like you did last year where you can actually hit and go through the, the process. What is your feeling about, about this year's team? I, I feel so much better. I, I just feel different. It's, you, it's normal. You know, last year, like you said, it was just, it was, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but last year wasn't football, but I just feel so much better. We were just talking about it. Um, I think it was prior to last week. We had, you know, put up all the reps that we had gone against the defense, you know, it was like almost 700 reps. 
you know, so including maybe the last couple of weeks, it might be close to, I don't know how many reps that we've gotten, but we didn't get any of that last year. And so the quarterbacks didn't any, get any of those live reps, you know, getting hit. Um, some of the things that we do defensively, which is great for offense. Uh, what we do offensively coming off the ball is good for our defense, but we've been normal. Pretty much the only thing that's been different this year than years past is uh, when we've had the lift, we'd had to wear masks. But, you know, last year when we lifted, we could only lift 10 at a time. We were in small groups. You know, we we're in still little pods. But we've been doing everything normal. Since January, everything's been normal. So I feel much better going into this game. So last question for me before I kick it over to Wags. We were supposed to talk to you yesterday. And all of a sudden, as we're supposed to get on, a tornado is rolling through Annapolis. And it's been very, uh, very much covered on Twitter and YouTube, you know, the videos of, of this tornado coming through Annapolis. Um, walk me through yesterday, just on a human level, because I talked to Scott Strassmeyer right as we were about to get on, and I could hear the alarms in the back. I mean, yesterday was kind of scary. What was that like for you? Because it doesn't happen in Annapolis very often. No, it doesn't. And, you know, I don't remember how many times I've seen that tornado alert, like tornado alert, you know, just, and so we're all like, well, what's going on? And then, you know, just guys just say, hey, we got, everybody's got to go down to the first floor, you know, stay away from windows. And at first, like, what, how far is it away? And, and then, you know, Scott had sent something out that, you know, that it, you know, it was pretty close uh, where it touched down. And so we were downstairs, you know, we we're downstairs. It's, it's kind of amazing, too, with technology and social media. You can get stuff, you know, instantaneously, obviously, with all the website, all the weather apps that you have. And so everybody's following it. Everybody's getting pictures. You know, Brian Blick, our director of football ops operations, I mean, in his neighborhood, there are some homes that got, you know, destroyed pretty bad. His home was fine. Um, but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty scary. Uh, especially since it was close to home, you know, it was here and, and then you hear it's in West Street and like, what, West Street? It's right down the street, you know, just, um, but, you know, fortunately, I, I don't think, I haven't really followed it. Hopefully nobody, you know, I don't, I don't know if there were any deaths, hopefully there weren't any deaths. I know there's been a lot of damage to property, but hopefully nobody died. Yeah, it came out okay in the end, but pretty close to home. So, Wags, go ahead. First of all, South River High had their football stadium uh, damaged pretty severely, and it was interesting. Someone who was in the press box of Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium has an incredible video of the tornado, and I think considering it hit down on West Street, uh, it wasn't too far from the stadium, so we're very glad that, that Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium was uh, spared uh, in this uh, path of this tornado. I'm going to ask you about Marshall. There defensive line the defense as a whole is very highly touted last year they led the nation in scoring defense i think they ranked fourth in total defense i think they were 11th in rushing defense um you are going to get a test right out of the gate and you'll know what your offense is all about because if you can move the ball on this crowd i think you're it's bodes well no doubt. I mean, really, when you when you rank defenses and defensive categories, the number one that category that matters is scoring. So you don't go off yardage. So in my mind, they were the number one defense, you know, in the country last year. You go off scoring. I mean, 
yards and all that stuff, that's great. But the bottom line on defense is you try to hold people from scoring. So very impressive who they are. Like you said, they were really, really good against the run last year, top rushing defense. A lot of guys coming back, they've had some transfers. A lot of their press conferences, they've talked about the depth of their D-line. You know, so you always recognize that great defense, elite defenses, it always starts up front. And for them to have the depth that they have doesn't surprise you. Um, I'm not going to say they're the biggest D-line that we faced, but very athletic, you know. And not, I'm not saying they're small or anything, but you know, just um, very athletic, explosive, run to the football. Um, schematically, you know, what they did last year is going to be different than this year, we think, new coordinator. But last year, they are a very aggressive, physical group that ran to the football. Their coordinator that they hired, he's you know, kind of known to be a high-pressure guy. And so really, really impressive on defense-wise. And then offensively, Grant Wells, the quarterback, had a very good year. Um, I think he was the Conference USA Rookie of the Year in 2020. Um, nice arm. Uh, and I think you had told us on a press conference this week that you think they're going to throw it around, maybe go up tempo. I mean – you don't know for sure. I mean, the offense coordinator's back, but this new head coach may want to do things a little differently based on his philosophy. But what are you expecting, and how good is this Wells kid at quarterback? Well, we're expecting up-tempo. We're expecting him to go fast. You know, Huff just came from Alabama, and, you know, Alabama, which is obviously shows the greatness of Coach Saban. They've evolved, and they went fast, you know, the last couple of years with Tua and obviously with Matt Jones. And so, you know, I imagine they're going to try to go fast. Their coordinator, some of his stuff in the past that he's done, they've, you know, they've been a really up-tempo, fast-paced team. So we expect to see that. Uh, Wells, like you said, is a really good quarterback, um, really athletic. Um, can run the ball, but, you know, he's not scrambling all over the place, but he's, a, he's an athletic kid. Um, and they got good wide receivers. You know what I mean? That's a bad combination. Um, and, but they were a really good offense last year. Now, you know, one more year in the system for the quarterback is always always great. Plus, he played last year, so he always has all that experience. This is going to be a tough challenge. We normally, you know, well, we've played Maryland. I'm trying to think, well, BYU obviously last year was a really tough first game. But sometimes our first game hasn't been like this. Well, the majority of times there haven't been these types of games. So we're definitely going to have our, our work cut out for us. But as like I was telling John earlier, at least I feel better that we're prepared. If they beat us, there's nothing, you know what I mean? It's like, well, we didn't do this. They're, they're better than us. But I feel really, really good. And I like our chances. And I, you know, I just feel good where we're at right now. So obviously you've been coaching the Navy a long time and you've come out of that tunnel a million times. And I'm sure at some point it gets, you know, second hat. Um, but I would imagine after last year, when you come out of that tunnel this this Saturday afternoon and see the place packed and the midshipmen in their normal place, I, I, I think you're going to appreciate it more than ever, aren't you? Most definitely, Wags. Uh, but I was going to say, I mean, this will be my 14th year, but it's it's always the same. I think when I come out and I don't feel that and you don't have the goosebumps and you don't, you're not nervous before the game, I need to get out. You know, I need to retire. Because this game is too ruthless, it's too competitive, you know, to have not have that burning desire to be, you know, to compete. Um, 
but just after last year and be able to know that we're going to have a full stadium, all of the midshipmen will be there, all the pageantry, everything that goes along with everything that goes on with our home games. I couldn't be more ecstatic because like I've always told people, we're a hard team to beat at home. You know what I mean? So I like how people have us, you know, predictions and stuff. That's all great. Um, but we're, we're a tough team to play at home. Like I said, I, I don't even think about last year because that, that wasn't us. And But we're going to be ready this year, and Navy football is going to be back this year. I'm going to ask our guy behind the glass, our awesome producer, Chris Cervello, to jump in and ask a question. Chris? Thanks, Wags. Coach, great to see you. Um, we're certainly excited. It's good to hear that you guys are ready and excited. Do you want to make any news uh, on here and tell us who's going to start uh, under center? Uh, and, and if not, um, you know, your thoughts on the quarterback position going into uh, the Marshall game. Well, they've both played well, Chris, I mean, in camp. And I will say, I, you know, um, no, I can't say yet. <laughs> but it's they've, – they've, and they're both – it's because they're both playing well. And I think this, it's a really fine line of who the guy is. It's not a clear-cut winner, uh, you know, our starter. You know, I think after this game, we'd like to come away with the starter. Um, but if one guy plays, you'll probably see the other guy anyway. You know I mean? That's how close they are. They both have different strengths. They've both done really well this camp. And whoever starts, whoever plays, I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I feel really good about both of them. They've done really good things this camp. I had to ask. <laughs> John, over to you. <laughs> I love it. Well, Coach, every year there are two great captains on each side of the ball. Um, if, if you can walk us through a little bit uh, of, of what it's like to interact with them and how you've seen them develop into the captaincy um, that, that the four of them enjoy, um, you know, and, and the leadership that they're exhibiting and, and what input you've had in the past or what input you've had from captains of the past um, as to how important this year is for the four of them. Um, can, can you talk about how they've developed as leaders? A lot of the leadership comes from our culture. They talk to past captains and some of the things we talk about. There are things we talk about in our meetings. There's things we talk about. Our, our, you know, I share with them some of my thoughts about leadership um, and, you know, what it takes to lead. But when you have elite teams, the leadership always comes from the players. Coaches will always lead, and you can have good teams, but to have great teams, leadership has to come from within. So I allow them to be able to, you know, to grow that way. You know, we meet every now and then, but it's been all them. You know, if, if there's some things, I might shoot them a text about certain things. Hey, do you guys look at this? How about that? But they've, they've given me a lot of texts. Hey, Coach, this is what we're thinking. This is what we want to do. Sounds great to me. The reason we went to four captains is to have a little bit more of a committee, more might have a bit of, little bit broader base, um, true feeling of what the locker room feels and a better indication of the, 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 the vibe, so to speak, in our, in our locker room. Uh, but I've been impressed with them, John, just in camp. We have uh, team meetings at night and we started all of our team meetings with the Kool-Aid, which is basically inspirational thought and each position group does one but before they do that the captains always get up and go just go through any announcements and anything that they want to say and you know they work with captain bowers or our 
uh, Brian Blick about it, any announcements and stuff. But I've been impressed. You know, they get up every meeting in front of 100 and whatever, 60 guys um, and talk about, you know, what, you know, what's going on, things they see right, things they see wrong, things we can improve on. And, you know, I, I've just been impressed the way they've led. You know, that's been one part of it, just things they've talked about. But just the way they've led off on the field, from off-season workouts, they're normally the first guys on the field. They're the hardest workers. And so when your best players are your captains and also your hardest working guys, it just makes everybody's level rise up. If you see the standard, if that's the standard of the captains and the best players, if you're a young guy, a plebe or second class, it makes you just like, wow, this is what the firsties are doing. You know, this is what we have to do to pick the pace up. So couldn't be more pleased, John. Just there have been a lot of things that they've done, suggestions that they've made. I'm like, wow, that's a really good idea. But they they've been awesome. Well, last question for me, and then I'll kick it over to Wags um, to finish it off. Uh, I don't think we're going to get the opportunity to talk to you next week. Um, so I have to ask you now, you know, sep the September 11th game is going to be very impactful. Um, it's going to be Navy Air Force. It's going to be very filled with emotions and remembrances and, and the obvious weight of, of what that date means. If you can, uh, just because we can't, you know, we're not going to be able to talk to you next week. W walk us through where were you on September 11th, and and what is this? I know you don't want to look ahead past Marshall, but just on a personal level, you know, wh where's your head as you go into the 20th anniversary? Well, when 9/11, I was um, I was in Vegas. I was coaching in Vegas. You know, I think all of us saw those images on CNN and like. At first, it was almost surreal. Like, is that real? Is that doctored? You know what I mean? There's like, that, that can't be real. And then just the, you know, what I woke up to see was the, one of the planes that already hit the tower, but also the, then, so you're all watching it live. And then to see the second one hit live, I mean, it's, it's just, it was unbelievable. And just obviously the aftermath at, and all that happened after the Pentagon, my brother, was stationed in the Pentagon. He's in the Army. So I was, you know, very traumatic also. We, we were trying to get a hold of him. You know, he wasn't there at that time, but obviously there are many that, you know, lost their lives. Just all of it, John, just all, obviously all the people, the thousands that lost their lives there in the tower, the first responders, the people after, but then all of, all of the consequences after you know, the, the conflicts that occurred because of that. You know, that was a, that, that day changed our country. Obviously a very sad uh, with all the people that passed away and all that happened. But it also, it showed kind of our country, just, it, it brought us together. You know, the terrorists thought that that would tear us, tear us down and break our country apart. But I think it kind of brought us together at that time, made us galvanize, became stronger. So. To be a part of this game, to remember that, I think is awesome. You know, obviously some of our players um, you know, went, went around, but being able to educate them on this special day, I'm sure they've heard of it. And if they were alive, they're obviously really young, but this is a, this is a historical day in the history of our country. Thanks coach. Wags, bring us home. Well, I'll just say that uh, I will be writing an article next week about 
going back and looking at 20 years later is related to Navy football and talk to some of the players who were on that 2001 team. That was my first year on the Navy beat, having succeeded the legendary Joe Gross. Um, and so uh, that was quite uh, quite a bit happened that year, um, including the coach was dismissed. But that's a story for another time. But um, uh, in 2001, the Navy was supposed to play Northwestern the Saturday after 9-11, and uh, that game was canceled. And then the next game was a home game, and it was an amazing, amazing display. Lee Greenwood came and to Annapolis and sang live. God, uh, proud to be American was pretty cool. Um, Coach, uh, let's end on a positive note. Defense. Uh, Coach Newberry is dialing it up. You've got a lot of returning talent. Diego Fago, obviously, we talk about all the time. Big-time player. Uh, Kevin Brennan, Mitch West, um, Donald Biscuit Berniard. Um, there's just so much returning talent on defense and a lot of depth. Because of last year, you used so many players. And I'm hearing about Coach New maybe dialing up some new stuff that maybe we haven't seen so far. Can you talk about the Navy defense? And do you expect really big things out of this unit this season? Yeah, and, you know, you, you can't mention our defense, too, without mentioning Mikey McMorris, who's, you know, probably the best corner, you know, that – since I've been here. I mean, the guy is really, really good. He's covered some really good players in our league and has done well. I mean, we got some really good wideouts in our league and Mikey has been able to run with all of them, you know? And so, you know, Jarius Warren inside, you know, we're excited about John Marshall playing our striker at the will position, you know, Will Harbor, Johnny Hodges are some guys that have done really, really well. Obviously Will Harbor was our, um, you know, most improved player. You know, from the spring, next draw, uh, you know, playing our Raider position, had a really good ending part of the season. And Jacob Busick, you know, he's a young man that's got some size and length to him, 6'5 kid, you know, about 250 in that range, but he's uh, he's had a really good camp. So they're really, really excited. Um, Coach News always drawing stuff up. Every time he passed by his office, he's watching film and, you know, writing down the guys always inventing new stuff. And so I'm glad he's here. That's the reason I hired him. I mean, this, this guy's he's amazing. You know what I mean? Just super creative, uh, constantly, you know, pushing the envelope on stuff. And like I said, I'm, I'm grateful that he's here. You know, a lot of the things scheme-wise, maybe for some other people might be too much, you know, but we got smart young men here. And so Coach Snow puts a lot on their plate. You know, but it, it, it makes us a tough team to prepare for because we have a ton of different looks. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I know above and beyond the X's and the O's and what happens on Saturday against Marshall, and please everyone come out and, and see us take it to Marshall. But you, you, are, you are coaching and mentoring uh, young men of character and consequence, uh, getting them to choose the right. And, and for that, we thank you. Uh, it's so great to talk to you on the eve of – of a great season ahead that we think uh, will be. So uh, Coach Nima Tololo from the uh, Sync Second Sports team to you. Good luck and thank you for joining us. Thank you, John. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Wags. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Coach Nima Tololo, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we will take this baby out. This is Sync Second Sports. You're listening to Sync Second Sports with John Schofield 
Ward Carroll, and special guest, Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at we sing second. That's at we sing second. Now back to the pod. All right, what a great conversation there with Coach Niamatololo uh, and Ryan Nasita, for that matter. Um, again, always trying to bring you uh, the latest and greatest from the athletes to the coaches to the staff uh, to the alumni. Um, you know, this is where we get uh, the best information about Naval Academy Sports. And thank you so much to Coach and to Ryan for being here. So as we go out, um, I, I have to wonder, uh, what the overall outlook is uh, for this football season. It starts out tough. Marshall is not an easy squad. Um, in fact, certain people, and we'll get to it uh, in a later pod when we do our pickums, think that Marshall might win. I, I won't name them, but it it's pretty mutinous. Um, so for me, uh, and before I kick it over to Wags for the real expert opinion, you know, I'll look at it. You've got uncertainty at the quarterback position. You've got the, the, the possibility of Ty Labatai, um, you know, coming in and being a brand new quarterback in the system. And we know that the system protects the quarterbacks and, and sets them up for success. But can he seize that? Will he even be the quarterback or will Xavier Arline be back? Uh, the schedule is very, very difficult. I, I won't even talk about Cincinnati way down the line, but you know, with your Air Force game coming up right after a season opener, uh, and then the the, the rigors of the um, American Athletic Conference schedule, we'll see what happens. I, I, I truly do believe the future is bright. I, you know, I echo what I said at the beginning, um, you know, where I'm just excited that, you know, as Craig Washington said, there are going to be reunions. There are going to be there are going to be opportunities for people to get together and and put the last eighteen to twenty four months behind us. So I'm really looking forward to that. I was really really heartened by what Coach was talking about. I think we're going to have a very good football team, and we'll see what happens when they take the field on Saturday. Wags, what are you looking forward to? Well, John, the schedule is really tough, and I think it's going to be important to get off to a good start. I mean. Marshall, I think you got to beat them at home, a non-conference game. You, you got to get this win. It just would really be a momentum builder. And, uh, you know, you, you go into Air Force with some confidence. Um, this is such a strange situation playing Air Force in the second week of the season. And uh, I really am wondering how the players are going to react because they're used to that game coming in October, a month into the season. I, they really have an identity of as a team and know who they are. So this is really going to be odd to have this service Academy showdown just so quickly out of the gate. And then they get into American athletic conference play and it is just a bear. I, I think Navy plays in like the, I think it may be five straight games against teams that were all picked high in the conference in the upper half of the conference. And, you know, the Cincinnati's and Houston's of the world. I mean, it's just, a brutal schedule. There are no breaks. It's like, wow, okay, we get a break from conference and we'll go out to Notre Dame. Um, so Navy could have a really good team and play very good football this year. And it could still be, uh, you know, seven and five. And that would probably be great. I mean, it, to pull seven wins out of this schedule. Obviously, the team, the coaching staff, the players 
hope for way better than that. But it's going to be a real test. There are no breaks on this schedule. Um, and uh, as always, we hope the Navy stays healthy. That's such a crucial element to any Navy football season. You know, can you avoid injuries to key people and uh, keep your critical performers on the field? I echo that, Wags. It's, it's true. We, we never know what that giant variable will be that injury that comes in and shakes up the entire, to, to quote my best friend, Chris Cervello, to shake the Etch-O-Sketch. I don't, I don't know if we're ready for that. No team is ready for that, but um, you know, hopefully we avoid the injury bug. I'm going to kick it over to Ward, you know, other than getting great shoes for your sideline gear, um, you know, other than the stuff that I mentioned with, you know, fans in the stands and, and, you know, the, you know, the, the, the general, optimism of of seeing a different product than we saw during week one last year is there a particular thing you're looking forward to the most this year ward is there a particular game that you've circled on the schedule um or a big class of 82 tailgater or all of the above um you know what's what's going to scratch your edge this football season well nothing in particular i think i just second what you said about the return to normalcy people in the stands tailgaters actually existing as I've already said, uh, I'm excited to be back on the home sideline as part of the chain gang. Um, last year was weird, as we've documented real time and for the lead into this season. Because of COVID, we only had one game with mids in the stands. We had zero games with fans in the stands. So just getting back to having Navy fans and the energy that comes with that pregame festivities, flybys or flyovers. We're going to have uh, the FC 12, a uh, four-plane Super Hornet flyover on uh, on Saturday, you know. And so this is sort of the pageantry that absent it, it's just not Navy football. And so I'm, I'm excited to have those elements back. And, uh, you know, we'll take it from there. Beyond that, with Wags' analysis and what we heard at Media Day, Coach's outlook, the fact that they did have spring ball and they've had protracted practice, and he's optimistic. The captains all sounded good. So, like we know, if we have a triple option executing and um, the Newberry defense being aggressive, you know, from the linebacker position and the corners, then we have a chance. But as we also pointed out in our video at the preseason as Wags held up the back cover of the media guide, there's no layups. There's no easy games here. And that includes Marshall. Um, so, um, you know, we'll just have to see what, what happens. But we're hearing all the right things. And uh, it's a notable contrast from last year. Chris, you know, this is going to be a big year for you after COVID. You, you've moved down to Florida. You're going to be coming up for a bunch of games. What are you looking forward to most? Well, I said earlier in the week, um, you know, looking forward to the atmosphere, but I would say, you know, beyond that, and when we start talking X's and O's to piggyback on what WAG said and and to go where the coach went, I, I really am hoping that they play Navy football again. Uh, that means a triple option. That means, you know, coming out of Marshall with an established quarterback, 
um, an established fullback um, and being able to free up the slot backs again. I feel pretty confident that the defense is going to be there because of the folks that are coming back and because of the defensive coaching staff. I have a lot of faith, obviously, in uh, Coach Niamat and, uh, and Coach Ajay. I am really looking to see how the Navy offense responds. Um, I am one of those people that think Marshall may walk out of Navy Marine Corps with a, with a win. Um, but if Navy's offense plays well and, and they are able to um, build on the Marshall game going into Air Force, I would feel really good about that. Um, wh- what I'm most worried about is, is that the offense doesn't come together and then they're left preparing for Air Force while at the same time trying to figure out the offense. So that, that's kind of where my head is going into Marshall. I'm just looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting back out there um, and being around the fans. This is one more plug right here. Uh, Friday, as you're coming up, say you got off of duty on your ship in Norfolk at around 0800. Uh, you were the CDO or maybe the, you know, the engineering duty officer, and you're driving up on Friday. You want to listen to something to get you all ready. Listen to this podcast uh, and, and, and please come visit us. When you get into Annapolis, 3 to 5 p.m., dry 85, um, right there on Main Street, we will be hosting the Sing Second Sports Happy Hour. Check us out on Twitter. Come visit us. We'll have masks, T-shirts, good spirit. Wags is an amazing comedian, and we'll tell you a bunch of knock-knock jokes. Um, but most of all, we're, we're ready for the return to normalcy and uh, can't wait to, to see everyone. And I'm talking to you, Mrs. Labatai, uh, at, our, um, at our happy hour on Friday. Until then, for Chris and Wags and our boy Ward Carroll, I am John Schofield. This is Sync Second Sports. We are out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of the podcast segments.